Thank you for choosing to listen to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. Each of these messages were given by various faculty, staff, and friends of Emmaus Bible College. To view each series as a whole or for more information about similar Emmaus ministries, please visit concerninghim.com. We're looking at Joshua chapter 14, and we've been thinking about Caleb's request for Joshua to give him uh, the hill country where the giants were residing, where there were massive fortified cities. And we will uh, start our reading in verse 13 and uh, read about the conclusion of what happens as a result of uh, Caleb's request. Verse 13 of chapter 14, So Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, until this day, because he followed the Lord God of Israel fully. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba, for Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. So I think what's going on in these verses, first of all, we see Caleb, who has this idea in his mind from the time where he is spying out the land. He comes back to the people. The ten spies tell them, there's no way we can take possession of this land. There are giants. There are huge city walls in their cities. Let's go back to Egypt. Caleb says, we can do it. Let's go up. Let's be faithful to the Lord. The Lord will help us. The Lord will fight for us. The people listen to the 10 spies and the Lord curses the people in the wilderness. I think think Caleb has this idea from this moment on in his mind that one day he would like to go to those very cities that the spies said would never be taken and conquer them uh, through the power of the Lord. So Caleb goes forward uh, in this plan, presents it to Joshua, asks him for the hill country. Uh, This is the hill country of the territory that will be Judah, and we'll read about that in the coming chapter. Joshua blesses Caleb, gives him that territory, specifically the city of Hebron. Hebron would have been up in the the higher mountains of Judah, a similar situation to Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem was the city of Jebus at this time. It would not be taken by the people of Israel at this time, all the way up until the time of David, several hundred years later, because it was situated very high up in the Judean highlands and difficult to get into. Hebron would have been a a very similar city, uh, but Caleb, uh, we're not told the details here, but Caleb was able to go up to Hebron to drive out the uh, giants from it. We'll read a a little bit more about this in the next chapter, and to take possession of this city. This, so, so this city was one of the cities that greatly discouraged the people from believing the Lord, trusting in him, and following after him in conquering the land. 
And Caleb all along is thinking, that is the city that I want for my inheritance. I want to conquer that city. I want to prove to everybody that the Lord is greater than the greatest people in the land of Canaan. Caleb asks for perhaps the most difficult territory in all of Canaan to occupy. And he does so uh, because he he trusts the Lord fully and wants to uh, prove to all of his people just what the Lord could accomplish. We are told uh, about the uh, family of the Anakim a little bit here. Kiriat Arba was the name of Hebron before Israel conquered it. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim uh, the giants who were living in the land, and then we have then the land had rest from war. Now I just want to deal with this uh, issue quickly. Back in chapter eleven, we have the account of Joshua uh, going through the hill country and cutting off the Anakim at that time, driving them out at that time. I don't think these two passages are contradicting one another. Uh, I think perhaps what's happening here, based on the fact that Caleb comes to Joshua at Gilgal, is that this passage in Joshua 14 is still occurring within those seven years of conquest, probably toward the end of those seven years as they're wrapping up the conquest of the land, and Caleb asks for Joshua's help uh, and permission to go and take possession of this specific territory. So I think one way to reconcile this is to place the events of Joshua 14 as really occurring within some of those broader summary statements of Joshua chapter 11. So Caleb is given the city of Hebron, and we'll read more about that as we come into Joshua chapter 15. Now as we begin chapter 15, chapter 15 deals with the settlement and the uh, allotment for the tribe of Judah, uh, perhaps the largest tribe uh, among the sons of Israel at this time. According to the censes that are taken in the book of Numbers, they have about 74,000, 75,000 uh, men uh, at this time, uh, and they are ready to settle down in the territory that God is going to give to them. So in the first 10 verses, we are given some of the geographical features of where the tribe of Judah was to reside. Rather than read these verses through uh, with all of the difficulties of names and, and place names, I'm just going to paint you a word picture of where uh, the tribe of Judah was to settle. So if you're in the land of Israel and you can uh, locate the Dead Sea or the Salt Sea, we've talked about the Jordan River. The Jordan River empties into at the northern side, the Dead Sea. Just to the north of the Dead Sea is, of, uh, is the city of Jericho, where the people of Israel crossed over the Jordan River and the site of Gilgal, the camp uh, that they made there. The tribal territory given to Judah 
was the Dead Sea as a boundary on the eastern side. On the western side was the Mediterranean Sea. If you were to go to the northern part of the Dead Sea and essentially draw a straight line, now this is, it's a little bit wavy, the actual border, and follows uh, some cities and some uh, wadis, valleys, rivers. But if you were to uh, approximately draw a straight line west of the northern part of the Dead Sea to the Great Sea, uh, the Mediterranean Sea. That would approximately be the northern border of the territory of Judah. To the south, if you want to start at the southern point of the Dead Sea and make a swooping curve down past Kadesh Barnea all the way down in the lower Negev, and then swing back up towards some of the uh, southern Philistine cities um, down past Gaza to the south, all of that territory within those boundaries is the land of Judah. And it's given to uh, the people of Judah by Joshua and by Eleazar the high priest through the casting of lots here. I want to read a, a couple of verses that talk a little bit more about Caleb in Joshua 15, starting in verse 13. We read this, Now he gave to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, a portion among the sons of Judah, according to the command of the Lord to Joshua, namely, Kiriath Arba, Arba being the father of Anak, that is Hebron. So, so Caleb is given the city of Hebron, as we read in chapter 14. Verse 14 here, Caleb drove out from there the three sons of Anak, Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai, the children of Anak. This is significant because this verse tells us that Caleb did actually go to war at Hebron and he did drive out these three uh, giants from this territory. Verse 15, then he went up from there against the inhabitants of Debir. Now the name of Debir formerly was Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, the one who attacks Kiriath Sefer and captures it, I will give him Aksa, my daughter, as a wife. Now, you might be, if you know the book of Judges, you might be familiar with this account from the early chapters of the book of Judges. Verse 17, Othniel, the son of Kenaz, the brother of Caleb, captured it. So he gave him Aksa, his daughter, as a wife. And it came about when she came to him, she persuaded him to ask her father for a field. So she alighted from the donkey and Caleb said to her, what do you want? Then she said, give me a blessing since you have given me the land of the Negev. Give me also springs of water. So he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. This passage speaks to us about the challenge that Caleb gave out for anyone to conquer this city, Kiriath Sefer, uh, the city that would become the Israelite city of Debir. And Othniel, who serves as the first judge in the book of Judges, goes out and captures it and so is uh, able to 
Mary Aksa, the daughter of Caleb. And uh, she is given uh, an inheritance from Caleb within the land of Judah also. So all of these events take place in the southern arena within the land of Judah and within the hill country to the south of Jerusalem. Now, following verse 19, as we go down to verse 20 and 21 and following, we are given a whole load of place names that talk about specific cities within the tribe of Judah, that Judah was given as their inheritance and as their allotment. Uh, then when we come down, and so this goes from verse 20 all the way down to verse uh, 61 and 62. There's one final verse at the end of the chapter, verse 63, that speaks about a little bit of the failure of the people of Judah uh, to possess fully their territory. Now, what's interesting about this is that Judah is given the Philistine coast also. Nothing is said at this point about their failure to occupy the Philistine coast, but if you know the book of Judges and into the book of uh, books of Ruth and 1 Samuel, you know all of the problems that the Israelites encounter with the Philistines. This was all in part a result of the tribe of Judah not fully occupying their territory. And so it's not specifically listed for us here, but they did more than simply not possessing the territory of Jerusalem. They did not possess the Philistine coast as well. Verse 63, Now as for the Jebusites, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the sons of Judah could not drive them out, so the Jebusites live with the sons of Judah at Jerusalem until this day. What's important for us is a couple of things here. First of all, we know that during the time of David, the city of Jebus was taken by the Israelites. And so the author of the book of Judges is writing sometime before the time of David, probably in the generation or two immediately after Joshua. They had not possessed the city uh, by that time. It also demonstrates for us uh, just how difficult it is to fully obey and adhere to uh, the Lord's word for the people to occupy all of their lands. They're getting comfortable. Remember the seven years of war coming to an end. And now the, the temptation is to be complacent and to be at peace. And we'll talk more about this next time. Thank you for listening to the Emmaus Radio Ministry Podcast. This ministry is possible because of the generous contributions from our partners around the world. For more information about partnering with us, please visit emmaus.edu partner.